put your head down, work hard, ask lots of questions, and serve the people around you. And it will lead to more open doors than fighting for a lot of things. And so less fighting, more hard work and, and communication and care. Hi, pals. Welcome to The People Are The Plan by Smart Savvy Associates. Each episode, we talk about how to grow leaders that inspire, build teams that thrive, and create work cultures that rock. Every episode is like having a cup of coffee with some of the smartest people on the planet. I'm your host, Leah, and I'm here to learn right along with you. Are you ready? Let's go. Hi, pals. Today, I'm chatting with Brayden Hepner. He's the Senior VP of Marketing at Herschel Supply Company. Awesome. If you don't know, Herschel is based in Vancouver, Canada, and is a design-driven global accessories brand that produces quality products with a fine regard for detail, and it looks super duper cool. Herschel has recently expanded into apparel, but you may know them best for the classic backpack they first launched, which has been labeled as the, quote, quintessential accessory of this generation. Super cool. Today... We are living the hashtag van life and we are chatting inside a 1987 Volkswagen Westie named Goldie Vaughn. Thanks for being here with me today, Brayden. Yes, happy to be here. <laughs> Welcome to the pod. Can you please introduce yourself to our audience? Yeah. So uh, as you aptly described, uh, I'm Brayden, uh, SVP at uh, Herschel and oversee all the global marketing. So that's everything and how our brand shows up, how it looks, feels, sounds, smells. Got my hands in all of those uh, those pieces of the pie and really working to uh, to grow the awareness of Herschel uh, around the world. Love it. Well, let's get into it. You have so much awesome experience that I cannot wait to hear all about especially from, and so many cool things about you. I, you have to confess, I've been creeping you on your LinkedIn, on your Instagram, and let's just pause there. I think on your Instagram, I may have seen that you're interested in co in collecting things. I am a collector of things yeah. um, over the years, several different things, but uh, the primary collection is Pez dispensers. Oh my gosh. So uh, yes, un unfortunately for the decor of our home, there is <laughs> Pez dispensers uh, allocated throughout. But yeah, it started in high school and really just uh, continued to grow. Got a taste of entrepreneurialism with it oh, cool. at, as I traded Pez from Canada to the US and you could do all sorts of things like people in the States always wanted dill pickle chips so I could trade dill pickle chips oh for God. Pez yes. and uh, <laughs> and get my collection started oh, and uh, yeah, so still uh, still a collector today. Oh, that's exciting. Now, do they all, if you hold them, we've all been Marie condoing, following the Marie method, do yeah. they all spark they, joy? They, every one of them sparks much joy, <laughs> yes. Is there a particular favorite? Favorite. Uh, I love them all equally. Yeah, same. Yes, yeah, you they're know, your, they're your that's right. That's right. Children whose heads flip backwards. Yes, yeah, some of them yeah. that have been a very like uh, finding a valuable one in an antique yeah. store for a bargain oh, or that things kind of that have story. been given as a gift. Yeah. Those ones always are memorable. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so those ones are always uh, uh, the keepers on the shelf, like a, a, a treasure hunt. That's right. Oh, I love it. Okay, so that's a bit about you. Thank you. Thank you for the creeping. Also in my creeping, I've seen that you've been a part of building brands in digital like Coastal Contacts, Kitten Ace, and Saks Underwear, and now at Herschel Supply Co. And definitely excited to dig into all of that. So thanks for being here, pal. Yeah, my pleasure. Okay, so but first, I want to know, why did you get into marketing? 
Why did I get into marketing? So it's always a great question and never thought that I would end up in marketing um, and really became a, a, a learning experience for me of, of following what you're good at and having yeah. some people come alongside you and kind of nudge you in the right way. So stumbled into a few different jobs uh, when I was fresh out of university, just finishing university. And, and one of my managers at the time pulled me aside and basically said, you know, you're a marketer, right? And I was sort of scoff and be like, no, I don't think so. But um, what it turned out to be, she was right in in that sort of coaching. And, and what I had found was at the time, web analytics was just beginning and, and using data to inform a lot of the marketing decisions that were happening in an e-commerce world or in a, anything that was going in o- online. And that really became the spark of, of being able to look at marketing, understand what the inf- impact of it was, cool. and then starting to build and build and build on that. So it, it was a little bit of great management of coming around me and finding that and pointing it out yeah. and also being at the right place at the right time when the web was really emerging and uh, everyone was learning it new. So yes. there was no experts at yes, the time totally. and uh, yeah. you could become that expert. Yeah. Very cool. Learn by just trying it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Oh, very cool. Yeah. The social web, we forget. We're so entrenched in it now, but it was, it's still relatively new on the scale of time. <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. It's hard to believe that, you know, just even in back in, 20 years ago, yeah. how nascent it really yeah. was with what we now carry around in our pocket and yeah. experience every minute of every day. Totally. I remember when, and you probably remember this too, when Twitter first launched, you would have, there were these events, real life events, meetups called tweet ups, and people would go and talk in person about <laughs> Twitter and how it works and like nerd out, like, and it was like, this is this new social media thing we can do. Yeah. yeah. And then we have Pokemon Go. Yeah. And <laughs> everyone, again, starts to build relationships. Yeah. And yeah. then it sort of disappears again. On yeah, us. Yeah, so yeah. it's uh, it's an interesting way of technology mm. bringing us together and then dividing us maybe at the same time. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. True. True. Time to hire? We can help. We're a people performance company offering specialized marketing and communications recruitment across the Pacific Northwest. When we partner with you, we access our unmatched professional network to find you the right fit for your team. And because we only connect you with the best of the best, we guarantee all our placements. Hire smart, hire savvy. Head to smartsavvy.com and click find talent to start your search today. Cool. Well, that's very cool how you got your start. And and what do you love the most about it? I think I love trying to figure out, you know, what what resonates with consumers and what are the activities that we can do as a as a business that drive that um drive the actions that we want consumers to take but yeah. also that just serve them well. Mm. So, working for uh product-oriented companies that make useful things, it's really satisfying seeing the product being used out in the wild. When I go through an airport, I see someone dragging a Herschel luggage with them yeah. or wearing it on their back. And it's rewarding to understand that, you know, you're playing a part in their life when they're on a journey, when they're traveling in a way that you're along for that ride and, and thinking through all the details of how that 
product actually got to market and got into that person's hands and testing and learning all the way through that to see what can we do in a marketing way that continues to tell that story is is just a fun challenge every day mm. like the the challenges are definitely new every day in yeah. terms of what are we trying to accomplish how do we do it what can we try it's not fixed in that in that sense yeah yeah oh i love that that i hadn't thought of that of like it's such a it's specifically your experience and and now being with herschel it's like it's such a big brand like seeing it around the world truly Kind of, it's global and it's fascinating to see how decision, decisions you're making here in your office in Vancouver can have this truly like this global impact. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> I think there's, there's very little that's more rewarding from a marketing perspective, mm-hmm. I think, than, you know, walking down the streets and Bangkok or in Berlin or somewhere and literally the person in front of you is wearing the product that you're trying to yeah, sell and wow. you're slaving on every day. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, that's just an exciting thing yeah, to see. Yeah, yeah. Cool. But followed through on that whole funnel, you yes, know? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Cool. Okay, so so now speaking that we're chatting about your role of uh, Senior VP of Marketing at Herschel. Wanted to understand a little bit about your own leadership style and, and really understand how, you know, from your start uh, in your career in marketing to where you are now, how did you grow your own leadership skills, style, approach? You know, what was that journey like? A lot of trial and error, I think. Yeah. And there's probably uh, a lot of failures along the way of not doing it well that you learn from and you pick yourself up and then do it differently next time. So it, it I've been lucky enough to work with such great people and, and both from a peer group perspective where I've been able to lean on them and ask questions of how have you dealt with this situation, yeah. etc. so yeah. that it helps me out. But also uh, the people that have worked for me. I mean, sometimes the the biggest learnings I've had is when someone's had the guts to say something to their boss of like, hey, you, you, the way you said that, wasn't the most effective way for me or oh, whatever okay. it might be. Yeah. And you yeah. sit there in the moment and you're like, oh no, I'm like, it's hard to hear. Yeah. But those yeah. are also the moments that you can really learn from. And yeah. I think often the the further up you go, you sort yeah. of, you don't get as much feedback from the top. You're sort of out there and you're seen as, as the leader. And mm-hmm. But getting that feedback from your team can be so valuable to you. And, and it, I get that it's scary for people too. They're like, be critical of their yes. manager, but I see it as a as a like a shift to interdependence with with each other yeah. that uh, allows you to sort of think about how to become the best team possible. A coach that I had at, at one of my jobs was explaining this paradigm of moving from dependence to independence to interdependence. And basically the thought was, uh, when we're early in our career, we're really dependent on other people. Mm-hmm. Like you you don't you quite know what to do. Yeah. You're looking for guidance on all of your priority lists, etc. And there's a real sense of dependence. And we think that the goal is to become independent yeah. so that we can run our own show. We can have ownership over things. So many conversations I have with people are like, well, I don't own this. I can't, I can't do it because I don't own it. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the, the move from dependence to independence. And I think what people fail to realize sometimes is that the, the next level is actually interdependence and realizing that when you're working in a company that really is a community of people trying yeah. to achieve something, the interdependence between people is what actually makes you very powerful. And so that capability to identify that and then say, whether you're on my team as, as someone who reports into me or someone who reports into someone who reports into me or vice versa, yeah. a peer that I have or even to my manager, that we're all interdependent in certain ways. And yeah. 
if we can figure out how to exploit that the best, then we're in a we're in a position that we can get better results because we're all leveraging our strengths and and respecting the the what everybody brings to the table. Mm. Okay, I love that. So talking about I love that visual model. Thank you for sharing that. I hadn't heard that before. You're I'm welcome. learning. Thank you. There Pat. you go. That's what we're here for. Yeah. <laughs> so something as well you said along the way is, you know, talking about the interconnectivity and something you just shared about was receiving feedback from others and you know, whether or not, you know, whatever your relationship is to them. So how do you push yourself to be open to feedback? You know, and I'm sure it comes in all different forms from, you know, people who are reporting to you or people you're reporting to and beyond. So how do you kind of have that attitude of, of openness? That's a good question. Uh, it's a, I think it's hard. Yeah. I think it's difficult to say. I mean, I think I try to foster it in a way where I encourage people to come and bring that feedback or I ask for it from a manager that yeah. I have. Hey, give me feedback on yeah. something specific. And so I think it's in a dialogue that's sort of fostered, but it's also something that you can't artificially kind of mm. pull out yes, of people. Exactly. You know, over a couple of times I've done a 360 survey where, you know, you really get sort of this anonymous feedback, but uh, and and there's certainly value in that that people are more honest with you maybe, yeah. but then it always makes me beg to ask the follow-up question of like tell me more about that like how could I have done that better yeah, or how yeah. could I and so sometimes uh I would prefer it to be face-to-face and just have that dialogue and sometimes it's there's no answer to the feedback and being open to it is one thing and allowing it to sort of land without crushing your spirit is yes. is another and I yeah. think building that sort of capability of having some thick skin but taking the time to reflect on it and and internalize it and then make changes is is super important. Ooh, I love that. Double underline, thick skin, but being open and having reflection time. Yeah, I think it's too easy to shut it down or even if you just, yep, yep, I hear it. But yeah. actually, I think for me anyway, that if I can take a moment, it might just be a day, it might just be an evening of like, let me really reflect on that situation, yeah. that person, that, you know, the comment so that I can respond to it more yeah. clearly yeah. is is important. Cool. So what or who would you say has influenced your leadership style the most? It goes with what I was saying before yeah. of sort of all the people around you. I think you know the good the good leaders that I've had whether early in my career um, who you know helped me get a job that I probably shouldn't have had before had in the first place, but knew the knew the potential managers who challenged me to like, just try something different yeah. to push myself beyond what I thought was was capable. Anyone who sort of put their trust in me in that way certainly gave me the experience that allowed me to sort of figure out that leadership. I think watching a, a lot of different leaders uh, in the different roles that I've had, I think the the people who truly have demonstrated a concern for the people inside of the organization of delivering them clear instructions, clear goals, clear direction, and the time to be human in all of that of what they're going to learn when crisis hits with people's families. And, and, you know, everyone has a story of needing that support and just watching people come alongside and say like, yeah, like, you might work for us, and there's a job to be done here. But there's another side of your life that we acknowledge and, and want to ensure that you know, you're whole in, in all of those ways. I think watching all of those conversations and care happen is, yeah. is inspiring. So, 
yeah, I look at that and, and I do look at the people who have given me feedback on my team. I was yeah. like, those people have probably impacted my leadership more than anybody else yeah. in terms of me taking action. And, and truthfully, at times I probably didn't take the behavioral change I needed to do fast enough for them to see the benefit. Uh, <laughs> but in yeah. the next job that yeah, I took, yeah. I'm certainly a better person as a result. So I thank all of them for, for those, uh, those pieces of feedback too. Oh my gosh, I love what you just said about give people the time to be human. Oh, I felt that right in my feelings. Yes, <laughs> I love that. I mean, I think that it's this conversation that, that at least I grew up with, I think it's changing now of this, the idea of work-life balance, yes. right? And I think it's, it's, it's a dichotomy that doesn't really exist. I mean, there, you can work for a paycheck and then, you know, work for the weekend and or post five o'clock. And, and for me, I think that, uh, I've always wanted more out of work than that for me. So it, it, yes, you have to put some time around things and, and prioritize things in your life. But I think the idea that what you do at the office can have more synergy with the rest of your life, I think is, is a greater place to be and to say like, Hey, yeah, I work and yeah, I might work at night. I might need to do this from time to time, but I do it because I like the work, right. not because I'm burdensome yeah. um, and feeling like I'm under the, the finger of my manager to have to put those hours in. If we can create spaces for people to want to put the hours in, then hopefully they're getting a reward out of that just by feeling satisfied with what they're creating for the world and, and creating for the, for the company. And that, uh, we all get better results for it. Well, and that's an interesting point because isn't it just incredibly hard to separate the two? Like regardless of the volume that needs to get done, it's just like all of our networks are enmeshed and, you know, because we're sharing moments of our days all throughout the day, like it, it is really, I find, do you find that too? Like it's so hard to not think about a challenge you may be having at, on a project or a campaign or something to like tuck it away, you know, until it's time to be back at your desk. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah. and I think inspiration strikes us in, totally. in all places. Yeah. So in creative fields, yeah. and you know, when there might be a solve to that problem that pops into your head at six o'clock in the morning, yeah. it's not waiting for you to get to your desk to jot it down or do those different things. And yeah, I think that's just where we're going in mm -hmm. terms of how work work will change in the future is this sort of not necessarily so dichotomy uh, yeah. between work and and life and that work is part of life um, and there's balance to be had but it's more flexible it's less about yeah. thinking about nine to five and more about thinking about get the jobs done get the impact that you need to have and also take care of yourself yes okay love that yeah get that self-care cool okay so if you could sum up your leadership style into like a headline a hashtag, a tweet, just a word, you know, what, what would that be? A movie, a movie title. Oh my. The, the name of your bio. <laughs> <laughs> that is a difficult question. We can take some Somewhere. time Let too. Let's take some time. Too bad there wasn't a helicopter to yeah. <laughs> take a pause right now. Classic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I think I would sum it up as, as really just, uh, I don't know, almost like the thousand mile march. Okay. Of like one foot in front of the other, you'll get there eventually, but just keep going. I'm like, don't, don't let the, the, the taking a step back be the thing that causes you to really fall over and stop the journey mm -hmm. and, and really just keep, keep persistent and, and moving it forward. I think there's often in interviews, I've had this dialogue with people and what I'm looking for in the, through the questions is sort of their ability to, 
persevere and have grit in the face of, of uncertainty or in face of obstacles. And I always think, you know, if we can put a, a cup on the table and, and I can say, you know, move, move something from this side of the table through the cup to the other side of the table this is a bad example, but something like that. Yeah. And there's mul- many, many ways of, of doing it. We can pick the cup up. We can roll yeah. the ball across. We can just move it. We can put it under the table, around the table, above yeah. it. And, and I think when we look at challenges we have in work, that the ability to constantly think about how you move that ball forward, as opposed to seeing the blockage in front of it right. and saying, well, I can't move the ball forward. Yeah. There's always an inch that you can get. There's a, yeah. If there's not an inch, there's a centimeter yeah. or a millimeter. And I think we sometimes try to solve the whole thing. And what yeah. you really need to do is just move it a little bit and then move it a little bit more and move it a little bit more. And then sometimes it'll be you'll do that five or 10 times and you'll have moved a little bit yeah. and then the landslide will come but you will never have gotten that giant you movement can't get that payoff. Yeah. until you've done those few other things and that's it's yeah. relationships internally yeah. it's processes it's all of those things that add up to yeah. something bigger cool okay cool so i'm also i love this and i'm also hearing a few other things from you that i throw into the mix too is this like optimism this openness and as well, just, you know, understanding that it's a process. Is there anything else that makes up that secret sauce for you? Uh, I would, I mean, part of the secret sauce is being married to someone who you can talk to about yes. all of this too. Yes. So I've been blessed with that. And, yeah. you know, my wife works in, in marketing as well. So there's cool. lots of marketing conversation yeah, yeah. around the, the, the dinner table. Yeah. But it's, it's also this sort of one step removed. So, mm. and I would say, you know, having a coach along, along, along that side, having somebody else that you can talk to that's not in your business yeah. can help you gain that perspective that, allows you to think about stuff a little bit more holistically so uh, it can be anyone it can be a best friend it can be somebody who understands your industry but who can give you that perspective isn't that removed that's right totally yeah that's a great tip that's a great tip so there's something as well in your style that i'm hearing that i love that you're so open to feedback uh what what else helps you you know have that attitude I think when when I look back at my the career, the opportunities I've been given, the the people that have stepped in and out of my yeah. life, I think you start to you, the older you get, you start to reflect back and you realize like you worked hard and and you deserved a lot of things that came at you, but there was a lot of other things that came because of a lot of other people yes. and a lot of other timing. And I think that drives a lot of humility to understand like I don't look at it and say, well, yes, I achieved all of this and, and I've reached some pinnacle of something. I think I, lo- I look at it and I'm like, I've been given this opportunity to be in this situation, influence these people, yeah. support this brand, build interesting things for the world. And uh, and that's not for there's other people that came before me. And I think whenever we approach leadership and thinking about career development and all of this, it's easy to have a conversation of like, well, what's in this for me? How can I do this? Or, you know, even even thinking as a leader that in some way that I need to be. I need to be the one that gets the credit for something or anything like that. And yeah. and really, it's a constant thought of humbling myself to be like, oh, I don't need the credit for that. I don't need I want to be here to support someone else to get the credit and to do the great job so that they get recognized for it. And it's enough 
it's enough for me most of the time yeah, to yeah. know that that's the case. Totally. And, and they put the effort in. And like anybody else, I also want recognition for the sure. things that I put my time into. For sure. But uh, I think maintaining that level of humility and of of at least reminding yourself of it repeatedly yeah. keeps you grounded. Yes, I love that. And the reminder that it's a team sport. Yes. Like, like life is, but... Advertising marketing for sure is a team sport. Absolutely. Yeah. The number of times that an idea has flown around the table that, you know, started as a terrible idea. No, no bad ideas. There are bad ideas. Yeah. Um, it's, that's a yeah. lie. Um, <laughs> but with a team, you yeah. can get the, the, the diamond out of the rough. Yes. And you can really start to refine it with, with one another and finding those people on, to build a team that is comfortable enough with each other yes. to have those conversations and comfortable enough to trust when, a disagreement might be there, but the willingness to still align with the decision. And I yeah. think we all have those moments and we all say, well, I don't know if I totally agree with that, but I'm willing to support you because I believe that, you know, you have the best interest in mind for the yeah. people and the, the company involved. And so go yeah. and I'll support you with everything I got. Yeah. Oh, I love that. We'll get it there. Yes. Okay. So talking team, the title of this podcast is the people are the plan. So we want to ask, you know, we always want to ask inspirational leaders like yourself, how do you prioritize the folks around you and, and the rest of your team? Yeah, I think there's some very practical things. So yeah. instituting weekly one-on-ones with cool. people, instituting the right team meetings. I think, you know, you can have death by meeting, but if yeah. the meeting is designed right to give the the appropriate feedback, the appropriate um, updates that yeah. it, it can be highly useful. So whether it's a weekly one-on-one or if it's coffee, regardless of if you're my direct report or not, yeah. is like, let's just grab coffee. Let's talk about the what's going on, how people are feeling, sometimes at my invitation, sometimes at theirs. And yeah. I just really encourage that type of transparency. I think, yeah. again, early in your career, I totally understand that that can be an intimidating thing. But truly, it's the way to... I think have those healthy conversations, learn that sort of confidence and courage to bring issues to the table that uh, are not just raised, not just to kind of surface the challenge, but to actually talk about how yeah. do we proceed from here? What do we mm-hmm. need to do? What do we need to do different? What conversations do we need to have mm-hmm. so that, you know, I can do my best to get rid of the the walls that are standing in the way of this person progressing yeah. or whatever it might be. Yeah. And I think that that, that, over time, we'll build a culture that is very open and honest with one another to be able to get to the root of problems faster. Yes, that's a good tip. Yeah. So what, I, what I've seen in, in lots of companies is, is the difficulty of ha- building that trust fast enough to deal with issues as they come up. So yeah. when you, if you, anything that you can do to speed that trust building um, is really critical. I had a, I had a boss and, and her her mode of operation was when you were new employee to the company was you start at trust 100%. I'm like, like, there's no reason I've hired you. I trust you 100%. Yeah, cool. Don't erode the trust. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it wasn't that you had to spend six months building the trust. You had to be thoughtful about how you don't erode that trust. And I think that is a great starting point for leaders to say, there is 100% trust. Now, don't erode it yes. and we'll talk about that if we are but you also you don't need to feel like you need to build it in that same sort wow. of way as like a burden yes. for a new person coming in so i think that that's a good orientation to take and i think when that's there in an organization you have this culture shift that changes mm. and i think that's that's the long slow journey as well of if you want a culture to change 
it, it you're not going to do it through like a PowerPoint presentation. You're going to do it one-on-one, cross-functional, thinking it through, having honest conversations, yeah. being open to feedback. And then over the long haul, yeah. those little things catch on, they learn and they grow and everybody grows together. Oh, I love this. Oh, that trust 100%. I've never heard that before. It's blowing my mind. It's a it's a it's a yeah. good spot to start. It really is. And even as You're a leader, right. it kind of makes you change your orientation of like, are you skeptical? Like we, we build HR programs that are all literally based around you can fire this person in 90 days with no repercussion. And uh, at least for the labor laws in in, yeah, yeah. in, in where we are. Yeah. And uh, so you get probation period and it's like, oh, well, did they cut it? Yeah. And it's almost like you you are looking and being so skeptical of somebody and yeah. not taking the opposite and saying, like, if we did our job in, in hiring this yes. person, they should be great. And so they should be started off with the yeah. assumption that they're great and, yes. and not that they necessarily have to earn that sort yeah, of capability exactly you're sparking for me i'm not great at knowing everything about sports uh however if you're thinking of like a professional team like you know like the lakers and it's like hey we're we've um oh crap well, how do they even do it in sports we've traded we've drafted we're doing things like we've chosen lebron to join the team and it's not like well you, good luck proving yourself you know it's like you're we picked you for the team because you're you and yeah. we want you to like kill it. That's a yeah. great, that's a great yeah. analogy. Right. And yeah. then you see that I think in sports really well of yeah. teammates coming alongside, totally. there might be a little bit of learning like, Oh, well you play this way. I play this way. This is how we get the best out yeah. of each other. But there's certainly a desire that the team comes around mm-hmm. in most situations that way to say, how do we become better together than yes. us individually pursuing our own yeah. individual agenda? Yeah. Yeah. <gasps> That is great. Okay, thank you for sharing that. Okay, switching. So on the the company culture a little bit, hearing transparency, hearing like uh, here treating with people uh, with full trust right out of the gate. Is there anything else you'd say is a is a healthy mix? And and also understanding what you've shared with feedback and openness. Anything else that's important in that mix? Uh, probably just throw in a little dollop of time. I mean, uh, I think leaders, yeah. leaders often, I mean, this is just change management 101. But when we make a decision, sometimes hard decisions to change the team or do whatever it needs to be, we're often, you know, those conversations don't, aren't done lightly and not done in, you know, a short period of time. Yeah. And I often think of it as like going through the grieving cycle of mm. like, you know, you you have to sort of accept it. You deny it for a while, whatever those phases all are. Yeah. By the time that news gets delivered to the organization culturally, as leaders, we can be well past the recovery phase. And I think stopping in those moments, and, and this is true for any change, positive or negative, yeah. stopping and realizing that you've lived in it as a leader for weeks or months or days, whatever it is. Yeah. You're dropping that news on somebody. You can't expect them to react to it as quickly as what you feel like they should react to it because they're hearing it for the first time. Mm -hmm. And so in all of those, however you're dealing with whatever the situation is, I think understanding who that person is that you're delivering the news or the group of people you're delivering that information to, giving them time to process and even giving them a forum to have a conversation about it the next day or over the yes. next next month, knowing that di- people process things differently. And so some people are going to need to sleep on it and they're not going to be ready to give you their opinion about it 
than that afternoon. And if yes. you ask them that afternoon and say, well, what do you think? Mm-hmm. They're going to respond with, oh, yeah, I'm fine. Because that's, that's just, generally what we respond yeah, exactly. with. But when they sleep on it and talk at home and, and take the weekend, they might not be fine the next day. Yeah. And I think recognizing that it takes time to process uh, is is a valuable thing into the mix. Yes. Very helpful tip. Thank you for sharing that. I love it. Okay. So speaking of time, time after time, time goes by. There's lots of time themed songs. Do you remember the time? Oh no. Is that a Michael Jackson (laughs) reference? Okay. What's another scratch that one? We'll scratch that one. We're not talking about that time. I'm very bad with song names. (laughs) (laughs) If I could turn back time. Yes. That's what I was trying to get to. Speaking of time, if I could turn back time, a big share tune, and speaking about time, kind of looking in the rear view and looking back, if you knew then what you know now about the experiences you've had, what would be something you would say to yourself at the start of your career? I think I'd want to tell my earlier self to just slow down and enjoy the ride in, in to a certain degree. And, yeah. and when I've talked about this question before, I, the idea of purpose kind of comes up and, and in an al- alternative way than what I think we often think about of like, well, go find your purpose so that you can be passionate about work. And then work yeah. isn't really work because you're living your purpose. Yeah. I mean, work is still work. <laughs> it's called that for a reason. Yeah. Um, and hopefully it doesn't feel all that way with what we've talked about already. But I think when I look at it and say, there's a purpose to what you're doing and the relationships you have in the work that you do. It elevates it to a different level and says, you know, you put in your hours, but yeah. you put in your hours with other humans in most cases, in most teams, in most companies. Yeah. And to, to say, you know, there's purpose in how I treat those people. There's purpose in how I hopefully inspire those people or there's purpose in how I like give constructive feedback to those people. Um, and I think all of a sudden you think about it that way and the fear of addressing those issues goes away because you're trying to do something out of someone's best for someone's best interest. Yeah. Um, and at the same, at the same time for yourself, you're reflecting and saying, you know, what type of person do I want to be in this world and what legacies do I want to leave? And if I can live a life that is characteristic of that through work, yeah. through personal life, et cetera, then I'm, I'm much more, I don't, I'm more complete. I'm yes. living in, an, in, in a way in which who I am is, is more transparent to people and more understood. So I, I look at it and I say, it might be literally your purpose in your job is that one person who sits beside you is a grump who you can bring yeah. joy to cool. and you can smile at. Yeah. And it might yeah. be, you know, somebody who has a, has a emergency in their family that you get to take, help them through that tough time. Yeah. Or it might be someone that you have to fire because they're, they're not cutting it and they need to step into a different type of, yes. of job. But you can do that with grace. You can do that yes. with honesty. Cool. And, uh, and you can set them up and support them with that. Yes. I love what you're saying about purpose and work as like how we are, or who we show up as and not just what we're doing what our outputs are and what we've made. I love that. So thank you so much for your time today, pal, and sharing this stuff with all of us. So appreciate it. It was wonderful. Thanks for having me. It's so oh, much fun. Yeah. Thanks for van lifing with me, living this van life. Yeah. <laughs> it's the perfect podcast studio right it here. Is, it really is. It really is. We're down by the water, beautiful mountain views. We are living the hashtag van life, being hashtag blessed. And thank you for sharing from your heart and sharing so many both like 
actionable tips we could all take away immediately, but also just things to help us, myself included in this moment, like shift our attitudes towards work. Yeah. Appreciate well, it. Thanks for having me. It's Yay. been great. Great. So where can folks reach out and connect with you? Uh, you can just uh, Google me if, uh, if you, and find me on all the regular social media platforms. Uh, awesome. Happy to reach out. And, and if you're in Vancouver, grab a cup of coffee. Yes. And uh, we'll take it from there. Yay. Awesome. Well, high fives, pal. And thanks again for the chat and teaching me so much. It was a blast. Great. Have a great day. Yay. Awesome. What's your Pez hashtag? That was the question I had. Do you have a no. hashtag for your Pez collection? I have no hashtag for the Pez collection. <laughs> I wish.